to be successful, you, you really need sort of three pieces, you know, sort of a three-legged stool. You need the skill set, you need the mindset, and you need the accountability. You're listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm Steve Gordon. For the first five years, this podcast was known as the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. The episode you're about to hear uses that name, but don't worry, you're in the right place. Same great content, new name. Enjoy. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and I've got an awesome interview for you today. It is perfectly timed for getting yourself prepared for next year and uh, really making next year the best year ever. Today, I'm talking with Laura Posey. She's a repeat guest on the podcast. She is an internationally recognized speaker, author, and consultant, and she's known as the simple planning specialist. That is her unique ability to simplify and to sort of laser focus her clients so that they get really dramatic results. And her simple strategic plan is used by over 3,000 companies all over the world, everything from startups to Fortune 100. Um, She's also the author of How to Plan Your Entire Year on One Sheet of Paper, which is an amazing book. If you don't have it, you need to get it. And she's the co-author with Jack Canfield of Mastering the Art of Success. Laura is just amazing at really bringing this whole idea of planning your business down to something pretty simple that you'll actually use And we're going to talk about that today. Laura Posey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Steve. Love, love being here with you. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to talk about this, particularly given the the time of year. And everybody's thinking about next year and I got to make it even better. And and I would imagine that some people are looking at the outside world going, oh, things things are going to maybe be a little bit chaotic coming up. And I got to be ready for that too. And really, I think your process is is perfectly suited to both of those things. So, so before we get into all of that, just give everybody a, a quick, you know, background and context on on you and how you decided and became the the sort of guru on planning. Um, well, I've been doing this for twenty one years now. So, um, I I spent the first ten years really learning things the hard way and just ridiculous amounts of trial and error. And I I really sort of painted myself into a corner. I got to a place where I just absolutely hated my business. Like I hated my business more than I had hated the corporate job I had prior to that. And to me, that's saying a lot because I was not cut out for corporate. (laughs) And so um, I, I had a business partner that I just wanted to murder every day, um, which is, you know, never healthy had tons of overhead in my business. We had a big space. We had employees. We had all the things that I really don't want in my world. And um, so I, I realized that the way I had gotten there was because I didn't have a plan. I just kind of came out of corporate and started a business and did the things that I knew how to do. I was in sales management, so I knew how to sell. and But I, I didn't know how to, to structure a business. I didn't know how to to really create a business that suited the lifestyle that I really wanted. And, and honestly, I wasn't entirely sure like what lifestyle I did want. You know, I was kind of seduced by all of the stuff that I was seeing and reading, you know, it's like you, you see the guy sitting on the hood of his Ferrari and you think, Oh man, that must be really cool to, you know, have enough cash. And you're like, oh, I could go spend a couple hundred grand on a car and you know, the houses. And, and I was, and I thought, well, maybe that's what I want. And it it really took me kind of hitting rock bottom and getting just completely distressed and pissed off and then um going on a 
a retreat and having a bit of a near-death experience for me to really kind of get my head straight and go, all right, wait a minute. I need to just hit the reset button here and get super clear about what I want in my life, what is really important, you know, the things I want to have, but also the things that I want to do, the impact that I want to have. And to condense that down to, you know, what do I need to change? What do I really need to be doing to do that and to stop doing all the other stuff? So that's the quick and dirty. I think you said something really important there. You had to sort of figure out what you wanted. Yeah. I think that's really hard. It is. It is shockingly hard. I I really do think we get, you know, seduced by all of the other stuff. We see people doing things and they look happy. So we think, oh, well, if I just do what they're doing and have what they have, then I'll be happy. I mean, all you have to do is like turn on HGTV and you, you know, you look around your house suddenly and you go, oh my God, I'm living in a pit. I need to go spend $200,000 on a new kitchen, you know, and, and that, that's, that's what makes people happy. And I, you know, I think we have to really dig deep and go, all right, you know, what, what do I really want? in my life. Like I, I've got this limited amount of time. How do I want to be spending it? And, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be spending it driving to an office every day and wearing a suit and doing the same training over and over and, you know, dealing with office politics and dealing with a business partner who did not share any of my core values. And, you know, it's like, I, I really want that entrepreneurial freedom and, and, you know, we look at, you know, the money freedom. It's like, okay, how much money do you need to feel like you can have the things that you want without stress? Um, the time freedom, you know, what do you really want to be doing with your time? And the emotional freedom, like, what do you want to feel like every day when you get up? And um, so we we really focus on helping people get clear on those things first and then structuring and creating a business that delivers those things. Because otherwise you just do what you know, right? And if all you know is corporate structure and corporate stress, well, guess what? That's what you build, <laughs> whether you want <laughs> well, to or not. Yeah, well, and I think it almost takes sometimes going through, maybe it doesn't. I, maybe sometimes I think it's a generational thing. So I was talking mm-hmm. with an entrepreneur yesterday who's much younger than I am, and he started off very intentionally. Yeah. You know, and I look at a lot of the, folks that are my age and I'm, you know, in my early fifties who had sort of that corporate experience. And Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's harder sometimes for us to think creatively about what, what can we really create? Like, what can we build outside of the structure that we, we grew up with, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not that, maybe that's just a perception, but um, I've, I've seen that pop up more than once, but I, I, this is really, I think very important for, business owners to to really grapple with because you can build something that absolutely makes you miserable and does all of the opposites of what you want. It creates zero time freedom. It creates mm-hmm. zero financial freedom. And it keeps you laying awake at night stressed because you built this monster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I spent years thinking I have to have a seven figure business. Like that's the minimum bar for success. And then I sat down one day and I was like, well, let me talk to some people that have done it and find out, you know, what's on the other side of that, that number. And, you know, as I I interviewed them and I talked to them, they all kind of said the same thing. They said between $250,000 in revenue 
and a million dollars in revenue, your personal income doesn't change. Like you're still going to make the same amount. You're spending all of your extra cash growing the business, investing in team and, you know, basically onboarding more mouths to feed and creating a bigger machine. And I thought, oh, wait a minute, that's what I left. That sounds awful. And, you know, so I've, I realized that, you know, you can have an amazing freaking business far under a million dollars. It's not the holy grail. And if you structure it right, you can keep the majority of the revenue, right? It flows right through into your pocket. And you can have a really nice, low stress, easy, fun life with plenty of free time and enough money to do all the stuff that you want to do. I mean, it, it's not Ferrari, you know, eight bathroom house money, but, you know, and, and if that's your thing, like I'm not your gal, but my clients are all, they just want to have a really kick-ass lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. They want to have enough money to travel and help their families and do the things they want to do. and they want to get up every day and feel like they're making a difference and have some purpose and enjoy the work that they're doing. You know, they, they, they want to have a small team of contractors that they can outsource stuff to. So they don't have to do the crap that they don't enjoy or the stuff that they're not good at, but they don't want to go back into that, you know, managing corporate employees type of thing. That's why they left corporate. So I, I I've just built my business around, the things that were important to me and have ended up attracting people that, you know, share the same values and want the same kind of things. I think that's true of most every business is that you tend, particularly when you're the face of the business, yeah. you tend to attract people who think like you yeah, and who want the things that you want. And, yeah. um, and particularly, you know, in the expertise space where you're you're transferring your expertise to them. That's really what they're coming for. Yeah. Um, and and that actually makes attracting them a lot easier because yeah. you know them intimately. They right. are you, like you. you are your avatar, right? right. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of the holy grail. Um, and and the, the people that I see struggling, like I've got a client right now who has always been in the sort of personal wellness space and is now trying to to break into the corporate space. She's never worked in corporate. And so she's got this huge learning curve of understanding what her target avatar is really going through and really living with. And, you know, it's just just a huge disconnect and she's struggling with it. You know, and I keep trying to go like, do what, stick to your knitting, do what you know how to do. Well, and so kind of bringing it back to to the idea of planning, I mean, that sort of understanding who you're trying to attract is central to planning because that absolutely helps, you know, make a lot of the other decisions easier. And I see business owners struggle with this all the time. And and I'm wondering if you run into it as well, as they think that the market that they're going after is for some reason too small or they've tapped it out. Yeah. I mean, all all you have to do is just Google whatever market it is, you know, I mean, you you could, you know, Google, you know, one-armed yogis and you'd probably only need 5% of the market to be deliriously happy. Right. I mean, it, 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 every market is huge. And I think we just forget how huge all the markets are. And we just need such a tiny percentage of any market. And, 
you know, as you know, uh, let's just have a marketing discussion. Um, you know, the the more narrowly you focus, the easier it is to attract the right people because they immediately go, oh my gosh, you're speaking directly to me and you have a community of people like me. And, you know, there's a there's an old saying, birds of a feather flock together, um, which is actually true. So total aside, I have a friend that has chickens. She's got like a hundred chickens now and she's just super interested in buying like all these different kinds of chickens. And the chickens of the same color hang out together. Really? Like the whole birds of a feather thing <laughs> is absolutely true. It is so weird. Yeah, it's uh, funny. Some of these old sayings, these cliches that we've all grown up with and now yeah. tend to ignore actually reveal a lot about reality. You know, yeah. I'm sure about the chickens. We know it reveals a lot about human beings. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a true thing. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So kind of coming back around to yeah. planning, you boiled it all down to this uh, this one page plan. Yep. And the process you have is, uh, I believe, is really effective, at least in, in my experience with it. But what makes that so useful for a, a business owner who's trying to to do things. Why that and not, you know, create the binder full of strategies. Yeah. I mean, it also, it, you know, it ultimately comes down to what you're going to use. Right. And I find that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have some shiny object syndrome. It's easy for them to get distracted. And so having that one sheet of paper in front of them is really helpful. The other thing about the one sheet of paper is that it really forces you to decide what is most important because you've only got so much space to put all of that information that you need to keep in front of you. And, you know, that the root of the word decide means to cut out or cut away. And so, but by deciding, you're deciding what to do, but you're also deciding what not to do. Because ultimately, if it's not on that sheet of paper, you're not doing it this year, right? It doesn't mean you're not doing it. It just means not now. And so, you know, we often have a second sheet of paper called the not now list. And so as all this shiny, interesting stuff comes up, it's like, Ooh, just put it on your not now list. When you get your plan done, you can go do all that stuff. What's fascinating about that to me is that I, I hear over and over and over again, when people go look at their not now list with a bit of, you know, time and distance, they look at those things and think, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't do that. That was just a total distraction. What a stupid thing to do. And they're, you know, they're going through and crossing stuff off their not now list because with a little bit of time and distance, they realize now that was just a shiny thing. And it sounded exciting because, you know, somebody pitched it really well. Uh, yeah, I love that. And having that placeholder yeah. for the shiny things, um, yeah. it's so simple, but, you know, it makes you feel like, you're not passing up on the opportunity. Right. You know, yeah. but it gives you that space to to kind of think. And I, I I also think there's some magic in, you know, you've you physically confined the plan. Yeah. By giving it this one page space, eight, eight yeah. and a half inches by eleven inches yeah. of physical space, you know, whether yeah. it's in a Google Doc or you know, on a piece of paper, it's still constrained by that. I find that the the human brain is just attracted to yeah. those sorts of boundaries. It thinks better yeah. when you give it those kind of physical boundaries. And um, so as, as you're taking people through this, you know, who haven't maybe done this kind of planning before, mm -hmm. 
what do they experience? What are some of the the ahas that that often come out of it? I think one of the things that happens is they they really understand the concept of alignment, right? That your business goals are aligned with and completely support your personal goals, right? So it's like, you know, what do you want in your life? All right, well, let's build a business that delivers that. And so that those two things are in perfect harmony, they're in perfect alignment. They support the the business supports the person. And then the other thing is, you know, as we start to look at those goals and we start to to chunk them down and 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 it's not a matter of, you know, saying, "Oh, I want to, you know, make $240,000 this year." So that means it's, you know, $20,000 a month and that means it's, you know, $5,000. So it's not that kind of chunking down. It's not just taking the number and making it smaller because that that doesn't help, right? The question is still like, okay, well, how do I make $5,000 a week? Right? The ultimate question is, you know, what do I have to change in my business? And so that becomes, you know, what are the projects that have to get done in my business? So a goal broken down is not just smaller goals. It's projects, it's changes that have to happen in the business. And then those projects can be broken down further into tasks. And those tasks are things that you can accomplish. And when you make them small enough and you write them in a way that your brain goes, oh, I know exactly what you want me to do. Boom, you are instantly a productivity machine. You know, we we all have this, this sort of innate desire to check things off, right? We get a little shot of dopamine every time we check something off our list or complete something and we get a little happy chemical. And so we, we our, our bodies crave that. And if we can get it in something healthy, like getting stuff done in our business, that's a whole lot better than getting it from scrolling through Facebook, right? Or binge watching TV or playing a video game or something. And so, you know, during the workday, if you've got your task list structured so that it's like, oh man, I can check these things off. I can make, get all these things done. And you know that they're the right things to get the projects done. When the projects are done, the goals just happen, right? You know, it's it, I use a weight loss example a lot because I think a lot of people have had some experience with exercise and changing their their eating habits and stuff. And it's like, you know, losing weight is not complicated. It's eating the right breakfast, the right lunch, the right dinner, and you know, eating the right amount of calories and getting some exercise and doing some movement to build your energy and build your muscle base. And that's the basis of health. Like it's just super basic when you get down to it. And, and we can do the same thing with a business. We can just say, okay, like what has to, what has to happen today? What are the the things that need to get checked off and let's make them appetizing. Let's make them things that you want to have and that you want to do and not like, Oh God, more broccoli really. (laughs) So you get the the whole plan kind of on on yeah. a single page. What what normally would that look like? You talked about yep. understanding what needs to change in the business and articulating that yep. and breaking that down into projects and yep. further into tasks. But I imagine you're not getting all the tasks on. No, on that the tasks page, no, right? no. No, we we get so we have your business goals for the year, right? Like how much revenue do you want? How much income? 
Um, how much time off do you want? And and how do you want to feel about your business, right? Like, what is that that emotional piece to it? Um, we also put some bucket list items on the plan, right? Because part of the fun of life is, is checking off those bucket list items and going, I did that. That's so cool. So we have those on there. One of the things that we have on the plan, so we, you know, we have we have the goals and we have all the projects for the year. We limit the number of projects to 16, so four per quarter. And we have a little tool that we we use in the back end called the success circle. And the success circle has the 12 sort of pieces of a business laid out in the order in which you need to work on them. And so we have folks work through and and in you know, if you remember those old life wheel circles where you colored in like, you know, oh, how good is your financial life? And how good is your spiritual life? And how good is your family life? And then, you know, and, and folks would say, well, you know, if that was a wheel, it wouldn't roll very well. So let's get some balance in these things. It's the same thing with the success circle. So we go through and, and we have folks look at, okay, where am I? You know, how am I doing with my target market? How's my offer? How am I doing with lead gen? You know, do I have a defined sales process? You know, how am I doing on service delivery? How am I doing on financial management? You know, and, and looking at all of these different pieces and then going, okay, well, let's look at the place where you have deficits and let's start at the beginning. Target audience is the beginning. And let's systematically work through, okay, what projects do we need to do to develop your target audience? And, and so we actually um, have a list of, you know, here are the most common projects for each piece of the success circle. And so you don't have to just kind of go, what the, you know, I don't know what the projects are. You've got some to choose from and go, oh yeah, you know what? I don't actually have any of those. Okay, great. Those are going to be your first projects and you're going to knock those out. And then you're going to go to the next piece of pie and go, okay, what are the gaps in my offer, right? Here are the common projects around your offer. Well, let's check those things off. And those are the projects that go on your plan. And it, it just brings some structure and some order to what do you, what do I need to do now? And so the the other thing that we have on the the one page, two things that I think are are really helpful. One is looking at the top three obstacles that you feel like you're going to face in the next year, and then coming up with the very best solution for working through or around that obstacle. Right. So you know sometimes the obstacles are personal things like. Um, you know, you you don't have a lot of energy. It's like, okay, well, what do you you personally need to do to amp up your energy? Or if it's an external thing, like you think the economy is going to tank, inflation is going to be high. Okay, well, what do you personally need to do? Well, you probably ought to be stockpiling cash and using other people's money to grow your business. I mean, you kind of use other people's money anyway to grow your business, but that's another discussion. And then the other thing that we have on there is what we call weekly rituals. And each week um, you generally have three rituals that you do that are the really important things that need to be done, but that often don't get done. So for example, we suggest you have a money date. So you take an hour each week and you just have a date with your money. You're like, I mean, like make it nice, get a glass of wine, sit in a comfortable chair and look at your money, right? Look at your cash flow. You know, look at who owes you money. Look at what money you're going to have to pay. Look at your revenue and just have like a really intimate conversation with your money. So those are the things that we we put on our one page. Well, I'll tell you the the piece that jumps out at me is the list of projects 
for mm -hmm. the stage that you're at. Yeah. Because I think that's where a lot of people really go sideways on mm -hmm. this because trying to create a business is, is like trying to build a car mm -hmm. from scratch while it's running yeah. down the highway at yeah. 70 or 80 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And you haven't put all the parts together yet. So you've only got yeah. two wheels yeah. and no brakes, you know, yeah. and, and the steering wheel still, you know, being shipped to you. So it's a little scary sometimes. And you don't know yeah. what should I work on first because it's all seemingly urgent and important. Yeah. Yeah. So ha having that broken down, I think is tremendously valuable. I mean, yeah. if uh, forget all of the other reasons to go through your process. <laughs> That's the reason, if you didn't yeah. have any other reason to do it, yeah. just knowing like, here's the roadmap, because right. that makes things so easy for people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we created it. I mean, it, it was a, one of those things I, I had that, that aha moment. I was like, you know, people aren't getting the results that I, I desperately want them to get what's missing. And I realized that it, it was happening at the project level. They knew what a project was and how to, you know, they, they knew like, oh, I need to change these things in my business. And they could look at the success circle and go, all right, yeah, I know I need to fix my lead gen, but I don't know how, like, I don't know what to put as a project other than fix lead gen, but that doesn't help me, right? I can't break that down into tasks. And so, you know, when we were able to break that down and go, oh, here, here are all the different things that you can do to develop your lead gen. And, you know, it's pick the project that you want, right? There's 20 different ways to do lead gen. Look at those and go, yeah, I hate LinkedIn. I'm not going to do that one. You know, um, Facebook ads, nope, right? Podcast guesting. Hey, that might be kind of an interesting thing, right? Yeah, I wanna, maybe I want to solve for this. And, you know, and there's other details in there, like, you know, creating lead magnets and all sorts of things. But we wanted to give people a track to run on and, and to be able to look at things. And, you know, it's like target audience. It's like, well, what does that mean? You know, so one of the things we have in there is, you know, interview 10 people that you think might be your target audience and find out what the hell their problems are. You know, and, and if you haven't done that, how do you know what their problems are? Right. You know, and ultimately you're going to create you know, your target audience sheet, you're going to have your avatar, right? But a lot of times people are like, well, I don't know how to get there. Well, okay, well, there's here's some projects you can do ahead of that. So we've talked a lot about marketing. What are some of the other phases that, you know, you you work people through? Um, I guess I guess these would fall under the sort of big changes that need to be made in the business. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of them is on like service delivery, right? Really optimizing the way you deliver value to your clients and, you know, taking a look at your business model and saying, you know, should I be doing one-to-one? Should I be working with groups? Should it be some sort of a hybrid? You know, what, what's the right way for me to get maximum value for my clients at the right price point and still free me up to do all the things that I want to do. Because one of the things that I see, particularly with coaches and consultants, when they get successful, they get busy. Like their calendar is full and they're exhausted. And it's like, that's called a job. It's not why we started this. And then that sort of leads into the team piece of things. So, you know, really looking at how do I outsource some of these things? And outsourcing, you know, first of all, the stuff that you suck at. 
you should be getting other people to do. You know, most of us can't design our way out of a paper bag. We should not be spending 15 hours with Canva (laughs) trying to create something. We should just go to Fiverr, pay somebody 20 bucks, sketch out on a piece of paper what you want, send them the sketch. A couple revisions later, it's awesome. And you've just saved yourself, you know, 12 of those 15 hours. And so looking at, you know, outsourcing the things that you're not good at, outsourcing the things that you absolutely hate, and then outsourcing the parts of you that you can clone, right? So that you're really operating in your own personal zone of genius, the stuff that only you can do and the stuff that you love to do that lights you up. And then, you know, how do you systematize and automate those things so that they run without you having to be a full-time manager again? I want to talk for a minute about the role of of accountability in this process because it's one thing to create the plan. You yeah. know, like we're we're all getting to that time of year. We're all gonna make the plan, you know. Yeah. Um, I like to take a week, you know, towards the end of the year and not do mm-hmm. anything else and just think and and that's great. But now you get into yeah. January. Yeah. January usually is pretty good. You know, the first couple of weeks, you're fired up, things are going well. And then you get into February and things are getting busy. And then you hit March. And I find that March is like the hardest month in the year because you're starting to now get friction in all of this, right? Yep. What's the role and and how do you handle the accountability with people you work with? Is it like, yeah. hey, here's your plan. See you next year. Like, yeah. how do you how do you take them through the whole year so they actually get results? Yeah. So we have we sort of have two pieces of our business. So we have the planning piece. We have a program called Plan to Win. And then on the back end of that, we have a program called the Winner's Circle. And that's our weekly group coaching program, because what we found is that to be successful, you you really need sort of three pieces, you know, sort of a three-legged stool. You need the skill set, you need the mindset, and you need the accountability. And the skill set's the easy piece, right? The information on how to do something, not a problem. It's the mindset and the accountability piece that get in people's way. Right. The the mindset piece is we're just hardwired to fall back into what we've always done before. Right. It's easy. It's what we know. And we are actually biologically wired to do that. So having somebody outside of our own head who can help us see clearly, you know, oh, I actually can break through and create a new set of habits and create a new level of operating that's easy. And then I can create another new level of operating that's easy. That's super helpful. And you just, most of us can't do it for ourselves. You know, we always say coaches need coaches. We're we're just too close to it. And, And once you get inside your own head, man, you're lost, right? You need somebody to get you out of that. And then the accountability pieces, I think we all need somebody to be responsible to, you know, most of us are terrible at keeping promises to ourselves. We're great at keeping promises to other people, right? And so that accountability is, you know, it, it starts out as handholding. Like, come on, let me, let's, come on, let me guide you. Let me help you. Let me encourage you. And if need be, it gets into butt kicking. It's like, look, you said you wanted to do this, dude. Like, what's stopping you? And oftentimes, you know, that sort of loops back into the mindset piece, right? We want to go to skill set. Well, I don't know how. And it's like, the how's easy. 
Come on. You, you go to YouTube, Google it. There's a video, right? It's the mindset piece. Why don't you think you can do this? And then, you know, that, so that mindset and that accountability piece are so woven tightly together. Yeah. And, and I think to really make progress, I think that's one thing most people discount in all of this, the importance of, of having those two pieces yeah. um, and particularly the external accountability, Yeah. Um, you know, whether they get it through a program like yours or some other way, but having that so that you actually have to show up and report your progress yeah. towards your goals, because if yeah. you don't, it's easy to let yourself off the hook. We've all done it. Yeah. You know, we absolutely. all do it. Yeah. Right. There's always a reason why we didn't make it, but it, that reason is a whole lot less impressive when we have to verbalize it to somebody yeah. else. And we, yeah. we're looking at their face and the reaction isn't what we'd hoped. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We, we actually um, have our clients form accountability teams so that they, they've got support from lots of different areas because different people support in different ways. And so we find these accountability teams work really, really well, you know, and then it's my job to keep the teams on track and keep them accountable. But, it, you know, we find our clients are like organizing accountability teams and, and, or organizing meetings and stuff. Like we have one team, they have their um, GSD hour every Friday, you know, it's their get stuff done hour and they all get together on zoom and say hi. And then they just put their head down and work. And at the end of the hour, they report back, Hey, here's what I got accomplished during our time together today. Yeah. It, it's amazing how well those sorts of things work yeah. how, as silly as it sounds, but you know, for a lot of people, particularly the way, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are operating where it's solo or they're in very small teams, you know, but the team is mostly support people, not higher level. You know, yeah. a lot of people aren't working with partners, you know, and, and I think that's a great thing. I think that's a, a factor of how little capital is required to create a business these days. In the past, yeah. you sort of needed partners to help you run the infrastructure and amass Absolutely. the capital and everything, and you just don't need it anymore, but you lose the value of having that other person as well. So bringing right. that in with, you know, with other business owners, I think is hugely valuable. So I, I know you've got a program coming up. And yep. it would be wrong of us to to not mention that for people who are going, yeah, this makes sense. I probably should use some help as I go into the new year. Yeah. So talk a little bit about some of the the offerings you have, because I know you've got some, yep. some free training that you're going to be doing, and then yep. that'll roll into for people who want it, the, the mm -hmm. plan to win program and, and yep. there. So how does all that work? Yep. So I've got five free webinars that I'm doing in December. Um, they're Tuesdays and Thursdays in December, starting December 8th. And um, they're from 1 to 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we keep everything super tight and organized. And um, we're going to be teaching people how to plan your entire year on one sheet of paper. Like we're going to walk through, uh, you know, what are the obstacles? What are the things that keep people from achieving their goals, right? What are the four things that we see that people get really hung up on? We're going to then show them like, here's what goes on that one sheet of paper. We're going to walk you through that. And then we're going to show you our, our three-step process. Um, and that one sheet of paper is actually the middle piece, right? So there's the getting a lifestyle piece done first, 
then there's getting the business piece done. And then there's drilling it down to what do I need to do today? So, you know, how do you use a daily success checklist to get hyper-focused and get everything accomplished today? So we're going to walk them through all of that. Um, we also have, um, for folks that are coming to the webinar, we've got a really cool um, quiz to help them discover their natural productivity type. And during that session, we're going to show them how to leverage that productivity type. So instead of going, hey, you have to become a completely different person to get all of this done. It's like, no, 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 no. You don't have to become a different person. You just have to learn how your productivity type operates and how to get the most out of it, right? How to make it a strength instead of a weakness. And um, so we're going to walk through that during our time together as well. That's great. And then uh, from there, the the program begins, what, January? Yep. It does. Yep. It begins, uh, I was looking at my calendar here. It begins the first, actually, uh, the first class is going to be December 27th. And that's our kickoff call where we just sort of walk through that, you know, what do we expect, how to get into everything, you know, the mechanics of it. And that's where we start to do the lifestyle design. And then we'll meet um, every Tuesday for six weeks after that. That's great. That's great. Um, well, Laura, I'm excited to share this with with everybody because it's important. Get, getting organized and, and getting your thinking clear going into, you know, a new year in business. Um, everybody starts with all kinds of excitement because it's like, we've got a clean slate again. Yep. You know, that, that feeling, you know, it's like you get yeah. the new, the, I remember back in the day when everybody had a paper planner and you got the new planner in and yeah. you, you marked everything off and there were so many possibilities. Yeah. And this is a really simple, straightforward way to turn those possibilities in, into reality. So um, yeah. we're going to link uh, those free training sessions up in the show notes. So for anybody listening, if you want to be, uh, you know, find those and attend those in December, uh, you'll find a link for those in the show notes. So if in your podcast player, just look in the notes there, or you can go on our website, um, look for this episode, and you'll find it there. Um, where else should people go to kind of learn more about what you're doing? Uh, yeah, they can go to our, our homepage, simplesuccessplans.com. And we've got some free tools and some free resources for them there. And we'll also have all of the webinar schedules and everything there as well. Awesome. Laura Posey, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today and giving me a little bit of your time. This has been awesome. And uh, I hope a lot of people go and, and take advantage of, uh, of your process. It's, it's a great process. Thanks for having me, Steve. This is my favorite thing to talk about. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of The Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, Work with me and my team to get your book done and bringing in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.